0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast of The Invisible World of Jeremy Jones, where it's not so much about how to live your best life, but how to show up and live your life. Thanks for joining. Episode 5, Game Set Match, Part 1. All right, listen, here's the plan. Before we jump in and dig out today's treasures, I want to cover a few housekeeping items. First of all, this podcast is by me, for me. A place to make my invisible world visible with the good, the bad, and the ugly. When I started this, I sent it to a handful of friends and family. You've listened, then you you kept listening, and you've shared it with your friends and family. And somehow in this short time, we we're already at 100 downloads. It's really taken off. And people are listening that I don't even personally know. So I just wanted to say, look, I'm I'm honored to share this space with you. I wanted to celebrate and tell you thanks for listening and sharing it. And like it says on every page of my yearbook, stay cool, never change, and have a good summer. Next item. Because this is taking off and getting legs of its own, I've decided to just go for it and broaden the distribution. So a heads up, if you started on listening on iTunes, because that's how I sent it to you, it's now on Amazon, Google Play. Some of you requested it on Spotify. It's up and running over at Spotify now if you want to switch and listen over there. Cool. Uh, Next item, I love taking a good soak. In songs that move me, so cleansing, so healing, so connective, I came across a song by a gal named Lauren Elena. And it should be the soundtrack to my More Conflict, Please, Once Upon a Time episode. Remember that one? That was the one about the once upon a time stories that we tell ourselves. I've already listened to this song a dozen times. Uh, Add it to your playlist. Listen to these lyrics. Listen. Once I fall in love, then I'll be happy. But then you fall in love and there's still a hole. Once I get some money, it'll all be easy. But then when you get that money... You still feel broke. Once I get a little older, I won't worry. Then you get older, and it don't feel like it should. I'm thinking, once I learn to grow right where I'm planted, maybe that's when life starts getting good. It's a great song. you got to listen to all of it. Last item is, yep, it's another song, right? I came across another song, and no, I don't think it's coincidence that I found these songs. Rather, they found me. This one would be a good soundtrack to my very first episode, the one about being a star, not a moon. It's by Thomas Rhett, called Be a Light. Here's some partial lyrics. This is really clutch. Ready? In a place that needs change, make a difference. In a time full of doubt, just believe. In a time full of noise, just listen. Because life is but a breeze, better live it. In a place that needs a change, make a difference. In a world full of hate, be a light. When you do somebody wrong, make it right. Ah, Don't hide in the dark. You were born to shine in a world full of hate. Be a light. Okay, episode five. Ah, the anticipation. Okay, what does Jeremy Jones have in store today? Where are we going today? Well, let's talk tennis. Let's talk about some invisible world elements of the game. For those not familiar, allow me to set the table for how scoring works. Tennis can be played as singles, meaning one player versus another player on the other side of the net, or doubles, 2v2. Our focus here is on the singles game. So to start, one player serves the ball. That exchange is called a point. It takes four points to win a game, counted as 15, 30, 40, game. That's one game. So we say it's 1-0 in the first set of the match. A set is the first one to win six games. So if I win the first two games, it's then 2-0 in the first set, and so on. Once I win six games, and say you won four, then it would be 6-4, to meaning that the set is completed and the score is now 1-0, meaning one set to zero. To win a match, it's generally best two out of three sets. Unless it's a slam or a major tournament, and for the men, they must win three out of five sets. There's a few other complications with deuce games and tie breaks, but this is the general idea. And the match, the match is what you call the whole game. The match is the decisive point where there's a final winner and loser, and the competition's over. It's common for some of these matches to last four or five hours. Usually, in the hot sun, slugging the ball regularly at 130 miles an hour. It's an epic feat of not just athleticism and persistence, but also solidarity. During this entire match, it's against the rules for the player to interact with any of the coaches. He or she, they're just out there. They're just by themselves, uniting their invisible world to the visible manifested world. I pulled this research together from a handful of sources, listed it in the show notes, It's not perfect. There's numerous variables, but what I want to focus on today is the likelihood of winning the whole match if if I win the first set. For example, in 2016, Andy Murray was the world number one player. Can you guess what percentage of points he won that season? What do you think? number one player he won 55 percent of the points he played and his record was an incredible 78 and nine how did he do it barely winning half the points and you're the world number one player well think about it like this if he won the first set then he went on to win the match 98 percent of the time The other top players that year, Roger Federer, Novak, Djokovic, same thing, 97% probability of winning the whole match if they won the first set. Now, these stats are for the top 10 players, and of course, there's a big disparity between the top 10 and, say, the next to 90 players. So if we look at the whole ATP range, the professional tour, generally speaking, you have about 75% probability of going on to win the whole match if if you can swindle away that very first set. One set could easily take an hour itself. So this also means that if you don't win the first set, right, then you only have a 25% average probability to come back and win the whole match. One year, Roger Federer was 66-1 and one if he took the first set. Out of 67 matches, he only lost one match when he won the first set. That same year, Novak, he was 69-2 if he won the first set of his matches. Even lower-ranked players like Burdich, he was 54-4 when he won his first set and Gillis was 32-3. Let's look over some more data here. The 60th best player in professional tennis, that's generally the tipping point for losing more matches than you win. You lose more on the ATP tour and you're still 60th best in the world. Yeah. Okay, that's 60th. What about say the 5th best player? Well, he has an average win percentage of 75%. And the 100th best singles player in the world, well, he has an average percentage of 7 <coughs> He has Let's go with English here. Okay, he has an average percentage of 32 percent of winning the games. That's the hundredth best player. Okay, so the number one ATP ranked player in the world from year to year, they only average 53 percent of the time that they win their total points. That's that's so much competition, right? There's so many crafted players. It can quite literally come down to a few miss hits or a few winners that make the difference. If you only win 53% of the points, like the number one player does, that's just barely in your favor. That could easily slip. But if you win the first set, your chances of winning the whole match skyrocket to 75% plus or the high 90th percentile for the best players. Tennis is so interesting. a Statistician's dream. There's so many probabilities and formulas to chop up. Did you know you can win a match if you only win 35% of the points? That's the statistical baseline for a win in tennis. Wow. See, you don't have to win every point. Stop putting that kind of pressure on yourself. Of course you're going to mess up. You're not going to play perfect. Instead of trying to be perfect, might it be better? Might it be a higher outcome, more fulfilling, more useful to be authentic, to be balanced, to give home for all our feelings, to know it's totally normal to experience doubt, frustration, worry, anxiety. You know, sometimes we have anxiety just because we are feeling anxious. Oh no, oh no, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? I'm feeling so anxious. This doesn't happen to other people. And then it's a, you know, it's a spiral. I've been through that. Anxiety isn't taboo. It's normal. I remember how tough it was. I remember battling anxiety. I was literally boiling with it and my body would throw up, literally vomit when it got too stressful. I was so embarrassed. I felt ashamed. I felt inferior. Only two people knew of my struggle. If I told people I was struggling with this, they might think I was crazy, broken. So I stuffed it way, way down. It took me a while to learn anxiety. It's a normal emotion. It's a great sign we are human. Welcome anxiety. Hey, Anxiety, thanks for coming to visit me here at my house. Again, right? You must You must really have something important because you're here again, so listen and, hey, come in. Come into my house. Take a good chair over there by the fire, and I'm glad you are here. So what do you want me to know, Anxiety? You know, what's your message for me? What are you trying to get my attention to? We should actually be more worried if we don't feel anxiety, right? That's not normal. If we make room for anxiety at our home, then the key is we make room also for faith, right? So we have yin-yang balance. If you are feeling so anxious and overwhelmed, don't, don't say, oh man, what's, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get this right? I need to get rid of this anxiety. I need to have less anxiety. I need to decrease my anxiety. man. What the hell? I I can't even sleep at night. I'm throwing up all the time. I'm shaky. Okay? Okay? Instead of trying to decrease anxiety, let anxiety stay in your house. And then increase your faith. Find faith. Yell for faith. Like, faith, faith, where are you? Come in my house. I'm waiting for you. I have a room already for you too. What if my idea doesn't work? What if I try this in my business and I lose employees and customers and I get rejected in this relationship? Okay. Okay, We'll make room for everybody. You are the master of the house. Master of the house. Keeper of the zoo. Right? And it's a very big house. And you are the master. So you can handle room for everybody. So like in tennis... We know we are going to lose points. Sometimes we're going to play against a John Eisner who's six foot 10 and holds the ATP record for the fastest serve at 157 miles per hour. And we're just like, oh man, I can't get them all. That's okay. We win some, we lose some. I don't know why. Some days it's sunny, some days it's cloudy. I don't know why. It just is. And that's okay. Some days it's windy. Some days, it's not. That's okay. But let's stop putting this unreasonable pressure that we have to win every single point. Whew. Right? Or, hey, even that we have to win the match. When my kid goes walking on the court, I tell him, hey, buddy, go win the set. Did you win the set? I forget about the match. Just focus on the set. As I mentioned earlier, the way that tennis scoring is organized, it's possible to statistically win the match if you only win 35% of the total points. All right, then. I don't have to win all the points, but I can win the points that matter. Sometimes it's, oh, I'm going to let that ball go. The energy for me to chase that one down has a low probability. I won't get it back. I'm going to let that one go. Someone just hit an ace on me. I didn't see that coming. I haven't played this player before. I don't know their game. Just let that ball go. Let some balls go. Let some points go. It's okay. We don't need to win the whole match on a single point, right? We don't even need to win most of the points. We just need to win what? Right? The points that matter most. What points are you playing right now? What are your points that matter most? Just win the first set, and your chances explode. Try this. Make yourself some minimum goals. Minimum goals, not maximum. Think about that. Not a goal of, hey, I'm going to work out 80 times this week. Really? 80 times? Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 80 times. I'm going to call 100 prospects this week. Really? That's a lot of pressure. I don't know if I'd be able to do that. But minimum, minimum, I will win the first set this week for my health and work out once. Twice, five times, six hours, whatever a good minimum would be for you. Minimum goal, I will call 10 prospects this week. Minimum. I'll submit five offers on properties this week. It's a minimum, right? It's guaranteed. It's cash money, baby. Roger Federer, one of the best tennis players ever. He's won the most Grand Slam championships of all time. I've seen dozens of interviews with him. Put him in some farm clothes and hold the microphone at a pasture, and you'll think you're talking to the Taoist farmer. So, Roger, the guy you're playing is ranked 90th. He's never beaten you. Do you think you'll cream him today? Uh, maybe. Then again, he's pretty hungry, so maybe not. I just love tennis. I love being out here, and I keep boldly believing and focusing on my game. So many things always go in my favor. And it's pretty much the same interview when he's playing a top 10 guy. As I said, Roger was sixty-six and one when he won the first set. Listen, that's ninety-eight point five percent probability of winning the match when he wins the first set. But when Roger is playing a top ten formidable opponent, if he loses the first set, then his personal winning percentage for the whole match has been around a paltry thirty-two percent. Roger Federer, hello. Roger Federer, only 32% probability of winning if he loses that first set. Okay, so I think by now you've bought in on the importance of winning the first set, or said differently, viewed from opposite angle, the dangers and escalating electric fences if you don't win the first set, okay? Why is this? There's some mojo in the invisible world when you win the first set. That's why coaches start what? What do they start? They start the best players. Crushing the first set yields potent psychological momentum. It's called being in the zone, having the hot hand. It comes to you. It comes to you and you run with it. Winning the first set is the best way to settle nerves, says gillis Simone. Who has a thirty two and three match record after winning the first set over the past twelve months. You start to figure out the conditions of the court, and winning the first set can often free you up and allows you to feel more confident in your strokes. If you have one one set, you know you can win another. For your opponent, doubts may creep into their game. Philip Kohlschreiber what a cool name, right? Kohlschreiber. He adds Winning the first set gives you a mental advantage and the realization that your tactics are working. In the best of three sets, it's then important to stay calm, maintain your game plan, and double your efforts to not let your opponent back into the match. Don't let doubt back into the match. Say you are building a business, a real estate or a stock portfolio, a charity, a school... Doesn't matter the size where you're at. It's the same game we all play. We could just be starting out. We could be at one million, and it's okay. How do I get to ten million? And the guy at ten million, he's thinking, oh man, how can I get to a hundred million? And the guy at hundred million, he's thinking, how could I build this and grow this to get to a billion? And Jeff Bezos, he's thinking the same thing. You know? I have you know, eighty gazillion dollars, you know, this quarter. How can I grow that? How can I? I Use this money to build a rocket ship to Mars. or you know, He's constantly trying to progress. So it's, we're all experiencing the same game. How can I get a return here for what I'm doing? How can I grow and progress? And There's always going to be someone bigger, stronger, richer, younger, wiser, funnier. So don't let doubt and judging back into the match. No, don't let up. Don't let criticism back in your match. Enjoy and encourage your game. Step up and go after your shots with confidence. Rip that ball with faith, confidence. The player who who won the first set, man, they just zing the ball with so much energy. Take those shots. Be that attitude. Speak like it. Parent like it. Don't let fear back into the match. I'm going to double down. I've won the first set. (laughs) I even lost a bunch of points along the way. But I won the first, and I'm going to keep moving forward, right? Isn't that what Walt Disney said? Around here, we don't look backwards for very long. We keep moving forward, opening up new doors, doing new things because we're curious. And curiosity keeps leading us down new paths. Hmm. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if that's what Walt Disney sounded like. Um, That was just my best voice. So we're going to have some peaks and troughs, right? We're going to miss some shots. Gee, we might miss nearly half, like the best players in the tennis world. Isn't it so overwhelming to feel like, I should. I have to win the whole match right from the start. You don't need to win the whole match, okay? Just try to take the first. Take that first set. My 401k, it needs to be at what to retire? Pfft, I'm not even close. I need to pay off how much debt? I need to hire 15 more people by the end of the year. Don't worry about winning the whole match. But what can you do this week? What can you do today to win the first set? Let's say you're in real estate and you are trying to buy your first drabby rundown townhouse, and you don't have the money. Or you are stretching to buy that 50-unit luxury complex you've been fantasizing about and saving for. Uh, That's the same movie, just different actors, right? You don't have to win the match. You don't have to buy it and close it. close the deal. Be a closer. Don't close the deal. Don't worry about that. That's many sets away. Just win the first set. You pull out your creativity, persistency, and skill set to win the first set by getting the property under contract. That's the first set. Just get it to that point. Then you'll be in that zone, in that universal energy mojo where you have the hot hand, where you're pulling a Michael Jordan, hitting threes from every corner of the court, where the basket is, looks as big as a giant trash dumpster. And you can just throw it up, and you know it's going in. You shrug your shoulders. Hey, I got the hot hand. Maybe you'll win. Then again, maybe you won't, says the Taoist Farmer. But once you have that property under contract with that mojo, you double down. You don't let fear and doubt back in the match. Oh, I don't have enough money for this property. No. Maybe you find an investor who's looking for a deal and helps bankroll it. You just help yourself. You help the investor who was looking for a way to put their money to work. You helped people working on the transaction. You helped the seller. Right? There's so much good coming together, so much teamwork. Or maybe you can't find money. You can't find an investor, can't leverage any more of your personal resources. So you take the contract and you sell it to someone else, right? People pay a lot of money for those contracts. You ended up not closing because you sold the contract to someone else. Okay, well, that can be awesome because now you have more money for the next rainbow contract moment. Too often, our mistake is, well, listen... I'm not even going to try to play the match unless I know I have a shot at winning. Once upon a time, when I have a truckloads of money, yeah, then I'll get active in real estate. Once I have free time, then I'll work on my music and take some voice lessons. Then I'll open that restaurant so we don't try because we're thinking, well, (laughs) there's no way I can play and beat Roger Federer. He's Roger Fed, right? It's my first property or it's a 50-unit property. It's so big. I know I don't have the money, so I'm not going to try right now. But once I have the money, then I'll go for the property. Ah, did you catch that? That once upon a time story there? Don't let once upon a time stories back in the match. Just play. Start the match. Believe in your shots. Believe in your game. Win the first set. Then your probability of something successful happening just skyrocketed. It skyrocketed. It's going to be huge. Huge. We said that winning the first set gets you in the zone, the hot hand, in the flow. You become a conduit of the greater universal energy, the Force, right? That's why in Star Wars, it's Jedi Master, Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's instructing young Luke Skywalker. The Force is what gives a Jedi his power. It's an energy field created by all living things. It surrounds us. It penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together, Luke. It's in the invisible world, right? the force, and we all have access to it. Look for that flow. Look for that greater energy beyond you where you become the conduit. Pray, meditate, ponder, spirituality, religion, you know, wherever you find it. But find it. Seek and what? Seek and ye shall find. Oh, It's like Michael Jordan in the shrug game that game where he broke the three-point record back in the 92 NBA final championships. After nailing another unlikely deep shot, he shrugs his shoulders, right? He's To say, like, this isn't me. This is something greater. I'm playing out of my head, out of my egoic mind, and in my infinite, deeper, intelligent energy source. Or like Sylvester Stallone, when he wrote Rocky, the boxing manuscript that turned into the famous movie. After watching a professional boxing match, he was inspired. He was in the zone, and he went home and rode it in three and a half days, start to finish. Right? Oh, that's easy for him, right? He's Sylvester Stallone. That's sly, okay, not me, not me. I'm too small for that. No one woke up ever and is like, oh boy, man, yeah, I can't wait to get going on my day so I can be as small as I can today, right? That that doesn't pump us up, that doesn't give us the juice. And Take it from Nelson Mandela, he said, there is no passion to be found in playing small, in settling for a life that is less than the one you are capable of living. Mm. hmm At the time, Sylvester Stallone, he was on the brink of poverty. No car. Only $106 in his account. He actually sold his dog to make ends meet while he went around to sell his manuscript. Now, the film has grossed over $2 billion, all because... He got in the zone. He boldly believed in his shots. He played big, and he won the first set. The first set took him three and a half days. It's like being out there on the singles court. He didn't have raving fans cheering for him. It was just him out there. No one going around saying, hey, Adrian. He didn't have an agent or a buyer set up for the manuscript. He just wrote it, and he won the first set. He kept playing, kept believing. Tap it into that mojo, leave your egoic mind and trust your deeper self, trust the force. That's why being in the rainbow moment is so powerful. Call it whatever you want, but find it, search it out in your life. How does it manifest in your creativity, in your projects, in your relationships, in your your projects, your hobbies? Set yourself up for, by doing your part to win the first set, okay? It's not about making it big, making it famous, getting the likes, the big stage. That can happen, sure, sure, we welcome that. But the greater outcome, the higher outcome is the courage to make yourself visible, trusting and believing yourself in each stage of your growth, taking your creativity and personality and talents, taking them from the invisible world, and then manifesting them into action with faith and courage for anyone in the visible five sensory world to see, whatever the stage and discipline. I'm worried you aren't getting enough out of this podcast. So please, please pause here. Stop working out or typing, whatever you are doing. Think of what matches you are playing in your life today across the different areas of your life, not just one area. Now write down three or four things. Today, I will win the first set by doing what? This week, my minimum goal, my minimum action will be, I will win the first set this week by doing what? With my key relationships. What? For my health. My first set this week will be to work out how many minutes, how many hours, or eating what, or not eating what? My new job, my promotion, my business, my employees, my charity work, my stock, my real estate portfolio. This week, I'll take the first set, By, what? You write it. I did. I wrote mine down. I'm working the work. You know why? Because at the end of the day, hard work works. Grab a pen, write on your notes app, make this listening count. What are you going to do this week to win the first set? Hmm? As Marcus Aurelius said, Very little is needed to make a happy life. It is all within yourself, in your way of thinking. Okay, It's in your invisible world. Tap into the force. That's game, set, match for today. That was part one today. Go out, hit your shots with confidence from your deep self, not your ego. Be in the zone. Play your game. Believe in your game. Take another chance on yourself, however big or small your core is. Because the world needs who you are meant to be. So be it.